1: To get started,
0: visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
2: The Gallant Few Rangers Podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453-887-179 or hello at hhhmortgages.com. You can also find them online at HHMortgages.com or on the Facebook page. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers Podcast, the podcast that nearly killed over waiting on the international break coming to an end. My name's Carl McDuff and I'm delighted to be back. Even more delighted to introduce my two guests. First of all, Ian McCready Ian, I bet you're the same. Bet you're so glad to have Rangers back.
1: I just I wish they'd just been international breaks. I hate them. I just I can't stand international football. Like the only thing I hope during an international break is no Rangers players get injured, and <laughs> and, and, and that's
2: it. See this last international break, I, I I was never too bothered about the the whole Colts argument, but I was thinking, Christ. If only the Colts were playing, I could even watch him play Clyde on the telly. That'd be... <laughs>
1: <laughs> that'd wait, be better. Did, wait, like the Colts, it would be like if they had a free Saturday like that. Imagine the crowds these wee clubs are going to get if the Colts are playing and, and the big team aren't. Like, it's just going to generate so much money for, for these wee teams.
2: I know. Well, that's an argument for another day. Second guest today, um, making his debut in the weekly roundup, Graham Campbell. Graham, you've made a, a, a solid first couple of appearances in the, in the old spin-off shows, but how you how you how you feeling about being in the big time? And I'd
3: expect
2: to see more of the same in the big time than I have in my, my debut shows, so that's, that's a hope. Ah, well, we'll soon see how we go on. Baptism <laughs> of fire. So, as I said, the international break lasted about 12 weeks, and then Premier Sports made an even longer wait by sticking the game on at half six on a Sunday night. Before we get into the game itself then, Graham, Premier Sports is a tough watch, eh? Um, I, phew, that's
3: chronic. It's uh, it's painful. And I think um, since on the back of the Cove game, there's been a lot of chat that we're now going to have to suffer an old fun game um, on Premier Sports in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, I'm sure nobody's looking forward to that. I guess only saving grace is... The punditry, uh, Alan Coyce yesterday and Shirley Care who's, who's pretty good, but um, Premier Sports, us as Scottish football fans having to watch on another platform just to see our cup competitions is chronic. Um, and the faster that's done, the will be the
2: better. Uh, it's an absolute farce. You mentioned there uh, about uh, Alan Coyce and Shirley Care, they were doing the, uh, the punditry, but like, when you've got Ali McCoy and Stephen Craig available for the same match surely you put Ali McCoy on the commentary and, and just limit the amount of fucking speech Stephen Craig has <laughs> is that just me like that's a no brainer definitely <laughs> you don't mean do you not mean Craggs they're not Craggs I believe that he's Craggs is that his nickname Craggs like, have given like, him a fucking nickname means he's here to stay. yeah <laughs>
3: Uh, no, definitely. I mean, when you've, when you've got McOyst available, to you, he's uh, he's a lot better served than the the columns. That's that's for
2: sure. Yes. So on to the the game itself. Then um, the Rangers kicked off about bedtime last night, and the lineup was John McLaughlin, back four of Nathan Patterson, Connor Golson, Philip Hollander and Galv- Calvin Bassett. Sorry. Midfield three of Glenn Kamara, Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield with Jermaine Defoe, Kamara Ruth and Scott Wright leading the line. So, Ian, knowing what we know now about Simpsons and Zoom Group picking up Knox, was this a fairly predictable lineup?
1: Yeah, I think we were always, always going to see a lot of changes. Uh, I was maybe surprised to see Davis uh, start uh, since he had um, been away on international duty as well. Yeah, we're always going to see a a lot of changes, and surprised Goldson still never got a rest. Every game, there's no need for it. uh, I've got a theory.
2: My theory is he's indestructible.
1: My theory is he's got something on (laughs) Gerard. But, yeah, so it's just... Maybe him playing was the one surprise for me, maybe. any of the people came in. Just... Gerard spoke about it earlier on the season about trying to give Goldson the rest at some point and he's just never but it.
2: What about Cedric I was quite surprised to see he was on the bench. He,
3: he just took the words straight out of my mouth Gertin. Um I feel like uh, he must be sitting there like he doesn't know what else he can do to actually just get a start or running games. I do think he's been slightly unfortunate. I would imagine when we bought him it was in mind with right Ellis is going to go so we would have in Roof, Defoe as um, mm. a front end. But he's got good link-up play. He's a big guy. He's really good with the ball at his feet. I think he would have been well suited. I mean, you're talking about over a decade ago, but see when we're playing two up front or a ploy where Do you imagine him up front with a Kenny Miller Nacho over or something? He's very good back against the, the goal. Great with the ball at his feet. Sharp turn, good lay-off play. And I don't feel like we utilise him enough in terms of switching a play-up. Maybe in some of the awkward games where we could play a more direct ball, a more long ball. I do feel for him a bit, but I get, but I do get why he was left out. You look at the front three that started, you're like, well, we're going to start with We're trying to kind of get him back to a good fitness level, as we have been for a lot of the season, let's face it. But you can see, you can see the thinking behind it.
2: Ian, do you think there's maybe an argument that Ethan's going to feature more in the league games than Jermaine Defoe will between
1: now and the rest of the season? Maybe. I think... I don't know. It's a hard one. It's... I, I can see them both starting on the bench for every game, to be honest. <laughs> um, but I think it's just depending on how the game's going, who generally comes on. I think Ethan's probably going to give you more in a Tight game, I think. Whereas the four kind of needs us to definitely be on top. I think it doesn't really kind of needs to, a bit of help. Aten can do a bit on his own, like we see with Morelos as well. Um, so I, I just can't see any of them starting at all, unless Morelos gets suspended again. I think Aten will probably have a bigger part to play for me because he's, he's he's definitely here for the longer term.
2: Yeah, and that's maybe my thinking between like when I mentioned while he playing more the rest of the season, obviously Defoe's you no know, on his way out. Um, to him, at least in, in terms of Rangers, I think, but uh, this may be a chance for him to get some a solid run of games. But time will tell, I suppose. I think we've got
3: to, we've got to imagine that Morelos is going to start all the games because I think as fans we've got to accept this summer that we are going to take that different business step as the club and we're probably going to go down that selling club route I think everyone's probably aware of that despite the successful season despite the fact we're about to enter the Champions League there is probably a bit of balance in the books to come Morelos is the number one target um, for a few teams probably I would imagine, you would think I think there's are still in essence I'm being in the short window to an extent not that I'm sure we all want to sell them but you've got to imagine that if we're going to sell a few players this season in the summer Ellis is gonna be one of those so him being in the bench for any game. And anyway he's a best player, let's face it. So I think with the the invincible season women as well, we're gonna to want to start him. So I agree with you, I can't see an hitting or default really getting a run in the league. And to be honest, we're gonna be playing a full strength team against Celtic. And so then after that game, if we were to get through, do you then revert back to a more
2: rotational squad? it be interesting to see what we do. On the game itself, um, I think credit to Core Rangers the the first half or even the first twenty minutes. Um, they they came to try and get something from the game. It wasn't uh, the wasn't a typical ten men behind the ball you've seen from like a Motherwell or anything. They tried to play about and they were just ultimately outclassed. Um, I think it didn't take long for Rangers to really <laughs> control the game. Um, I. The scoring opens first twenty four minutes. Uh, fantastic sight from Jermaine Defoe. Um, Ian, we'll come back to you. We um, were we'll just talking about him there. You can't. You don't lose class, do you? You really don't.
1: No, he's 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 still got the. What he's maybe he's maybe lost physically in terms of speed and stuff like that. Um, the mental side's still there, isn't it? And the the ability to finish and score is still there and I, I, I think that could be the furthest he's ever scored from <laughs> like, he's, he's generally not shooting for that far out is he um, but it's what a strike it is it's, it's, it's perfect right in the far corner, no chance for the goalkeeper
2: He said after the game Ian and the uh he was a bit anxious about his sharpness. This was a perfect game for him to come back into. Wasn't it? No disrespect to Cold Rangers, but he was allowed a bit more time and I think he's, he's seen a bit of a weight lifted when I go went in for him, I thought.
1: Yeah, we were always going to absolutely dominate the game, so uh, when you're trying to get players up to speed like him and, and Ruth, you're always going to have a lot of the ball, so it's you, you know they're going to be involved a lot, so they'll get plenty of running in their legs, so it's good to get them in against like I say a teammate that you're absolutely going to dominate the ball
2: Yeah. so as soon as the first goal went in Graham I thought we really took up a notch and really just took control in the first half not that we were ever out with control but it was just constant dominating dictating the play Um, even off the ball we were forcing Cove Rangers into so many errors and it was just constant and they were that you know it led to another three goals uh, two goals in the space of like two minutes for K. Um that'll do his confidence uh, a world of good I thought he played quite well yesterday and it's good to see he's got the whole kicking keepers in the face thing out of his system
3: <laughs> Yeah definitely No I think Hank, what you're saying is totally right uh, Cove Rangers did try and almost this kind of expansive play from the back game in the first half I guess that was brave I don't know if Hartley was thinking <laughs> that in some way that would catch us out I mean it's certainly more brave than a lot of teams that have came to Harry Brooks this season I don't think it was ever going to really be in doubt anyway that we were going to win that game but in terms of the second half compared to the first when they did start falling back um, I guess they made it harder but then there was an element of us taking the foot off the gas but certainly yeah, after that default goal it was, it was always going to be um, it's always going to be the result going one way anyway but yeah it was good to see Ruth get on the score sheet Obviously, right when assessed, um, he looked phenomenal yesterday. I'm really excited by him. Um, same with Batsy, to be honest, as well. I thought he was good. You can tell the bulking up, the coaching they're getting, the diets they're on. Um, they're obviously putting on a few kgs and it's shown. Um, we, looked, we looked good. We looked sharp. That first half was nice. That's what you'd expect.
2: Scott and I, we've spoken with him on here for the last few weeks. Every time he's made a cameo appearance, He's due a start. We, uh, the absolute walk cry on here is he's due a start. He's, he has to play soon. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to take care of Boston. It was only called Rangers, but I think that yesterday plus all his cameos, I think we do have a player here, don't we?
1: Yeah, definitely. He looks <laughs> like you were saying there. He does look strong. There was a, definitely a couple of times where he's managed to push the defender off the ball um, and, and and dangerous positions as well. Um but yeah, he's he's looking cracking. He's what I like about him is he's he's just direct. He'll just he'll just go, won't he? He just gets forward and just wants to be on the attack, which is brilliant. Uh, which we all want to see that, don't we? So yeah, he's very positive. He's for me when we signed him, I was kinda of apprehensive about it. I didn't really think he stood out against us at all. Um He's never really like it never made me sit and go, wow, oh, that's a, like we should be signing him. You know, the Aberdeen player that does that is Ferguson for me, not not right. Um, so I'm very surprised that at how good he actually is, um, and like I think you were the one who who wanted to bring him in in January, and I had said leave him at Aberdeen, but I think bringing him in is absolutely proven to be the right um, the right route to go because he's going to have six months under his belt, he'll have maybe 15 appearances, and uh, he'll he'll have a a good base to build on for next season, and I think what I like about him, what would be brilliant is if we could get him and Kent going at the same time. Um, I think that would be a tremendous little tandem, because they both can go either way, they both float about, they're both very direct and can beat a man, and so, I'd I'd like to see that at some point in the day too, both in the same team.
2: No, I, I do agree with uh, you. Graham, I think there has been times over the last two or three years where, I mean, like don't get me wrong, see where the likes of Kent, Hadji and Aribo, they're all three very different players, but sometimes we needed two Kents. You know, sometimes we did not need two wide, wide players to become at a different angle. So, I do think that may be something. Don't get me wrong, Scott Wright's not at the level of Kent. Um he, he's not, and he's he's probably not going to be starting every week. But just the squad's constantly evolving, and it's just another option which I think next season will be will be very useful. Well,
3: this is the thing about this is the thing about a squad just now, and this is what the most exciting part is. We've got. So many players that can play in so many different positions and it all depends on the opposition, all depends on the tactics we're going to uh, deploy, talk about Arebo, there's games where we might play him in the middle three, looking for him to push forward, busting into the box you've got Arfield, we all know the job he can do in a front three and in the middle three, um, he's a solid, dependable player but I mean he went through that kind of purple patch uh, last season where he was absolutely phenomenal in that front three. I think the thing with Scott Wright is right now he's still working he's still working on improving as a player. That's something that our coaching staff's clearly um, rubbing off on. You've got guys like Michael Beale, who's clearly a top exceptional coach. You can see he's built up in a bit of weight. As Ian said, pushing a lot of players off the, the ball yesterday, getting them in the defence. I guess the way we've played for um, the last few seasons with that kind of well-known 210s and behind the striker, that might go against them in a sense as well. Whereas, yeah, you want that kind of more expansive wide player as well, which is what he's able to bring. So I think the most exciting part for me is we could have a front three that includes Ken Hadji, arebo Arfield. Like, Wright could be in there. You just don't know. You there's so many options. I think that's the best, and most exciting part about our squad just
1: now. I think an- another good thing about the amount that's Scott Wright, is that Brandon Barker can now just get a fuck.
2: I <laughs> <Aye>, well, That's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I should always expect a fucking Brandon Barker dig from you, but that did catch me off guard. Um, I, don't, I I find sometimes you just need a player to hate. In last year, last couple of years it was golson This year it's Barker. Oh, time will tell um who it will be next year, who will get the wrath of McCouddy. Um so Ian, sticking with you. Um a player that there's plenty of positivity about right now, Nathan Patterson gets his goal to make it 4-0 4-0, sorry, just before half time. What I love about this goal, it's that high pressing for Rangers, but Nathan Patterson starts pressing two passes before his player gets the ball. So that's a the perfect mixture of like vision and bravery as well. And I know it's only against Cold Rangers, but you absolutely love to see the like the the almost You know what I mean? Like the forward thinking, um forward thinking play that Tavs made his own at right back. We've not had that for any other fullback, really, in the last couple of years, other than Tavanier.
1: Yeah, well, right. So he's the only person that's played there the last couple of years, isn't he? <laughs> oh, don't oh. use forget John Flanagan.
2: No. Oh
1: can you say john flanagan played there <laughs> he just kicked people there um i no patson he's 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 definitely um he's definitely in the same kind of mold as have uh, maybe not quite as attacking yet but i think that can come he's definitely comfortable in the ball um good pace about him and he looks like he's bulked up as well, um, a bit, and yeah, just seeing him get more confident as well. Like the more time, more, the more game time he's getting, he, he does seem to be getting more and more confident. And as you say, like that that press, he, he does start well before the ball is anywhere near. Well, it's not even his man. It's well, well before it's anywhere near the, the guy at the left back in a position. He's he's already on the front foot attacking. So, I, I look forward to to watching Paterson for for a good few years to come.
2: There's a few talking points around Paterson. we made as well. Just cover it off right now. First one, um, I wanted. Uh, we'll stick to the football just now before we get into politics. But it's been a lot of chat about Paterson getting a call up for Scotland. Ian, uh, you know, I'll ask you you first. Is Is he ready to get called up for Scotland? Do you think? And that's current Scotland squad?
1: Best Scottish right-back about, in my opinion. No doubt about it. I don't... O'Donnell is, is nowhere near as good as Partison for me. I don't care that Partison's only played maybe a, a dozen games. I just... He's better than O'Donnell, isn't he? I don't know who else plays at right-back for Scotland, to be honest. I don't really care about Scotland games. And I'm kind of torn whether I actually want Parson to be called up. Um, obviously it's it's good for his profile if he's an in international in player. Um, but I'd prefer him just to be playing for Rangers. But I do think he is the best option uh, for Scotland. I don't think any does any better right back right now.
2: Graham, I get the argument that Stephen O'Donnell now has experience uh, playing for it, playing at an international level, and I'm clutching at stores here. I do know, but in the in the up. Op- an object to being biased, I can see maybe why that's an argument. But to say that Nathan Patterson wouldn't be a better backup than Liam Fucking Palmer, then am I being too biased here? Or what? Well, first of
3: all, there is no serious argument for Stephen O'Donnell playing at an international level <laughs> uh, same goes for guys like Declan Gallagher, Andrew Contadine. I mean this isn't an international podcast but I'm sorry you look at Steve Clark's options he could have called in a few young players in that squad and you're talking about Billy Gilmore even Ryan Gold, uh, mid-twenties kind of guy um, God even across city you've got other players Nathan Batson is without a doubt the best right back that Scotland have probably produced by the looks of it Elliot Doors of course but in at least 30 year. like come on oh, Alan Hutton what? I I think I think you I think you'll be better than Alan. I'm I'm really prepared to go on Nathan Partson. I think Gerard's bang on the money. Gerard the other day was saying that um, Partson is as exciting a player as we've produced. I totally see it. You have got guys like Nathan and Billy Gilmore. Let's not forget these guys have came through our own rankings, which is which is great. Um Murray, oh my God, I almost Ockin Heavy is doing its part finally. <laughs> finally in years on, I guess. But look, there's no doubt Nathan Patterson's one of the best by the looks that we've produced. We talk about his goal. It's amazing to see him at the edge of that box to scoop up that ball. We look at some of the crazy positions we see Davon in at the back post throughout the season. He's clearly learning well. Patterson, in my opinion, should absolutely be called up. It's a travesty he's not. But then looking at some of the interviews Gerrard's done, I don't know how much... He's had in that he's clearly had conversations with Clark. I don't know if that last squad of Gerrard maybe said I'm not sure if he's ready or not. But I completely agree that he should be in the squad. He's better than what we've got.
2: Liam fucking Palmer. <laughs> what a laugh. So that's all the positives surrounding Nathan Patterson right now. On the other side, Steve Gerard was asked about the ban for the COVID five, but I think it's mainly in relation to Patterson and Bassey. he knows he grew as a first team player. He's not been expecting to uh, feature too much, um, and he probably won't feature too much between now and the rest of the season. I don't know. I don't know where I sit in this. It did catch me off guard when Gerard said that he thought the the ban was too too heavy, and that's why they're appealing it. And how confident Gerard was when he was appealing it. Ian, um, I don't know. I can't remember who exactly was on the pod, but I know I went and record in the pod saying that I think I think what Patterson and everybody else did was 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 Jones and Edmondson. Where information I had at the time, I, I'm still no changing for that. I don't I don't really see the. I think these guys need to take their medicine and, and deal with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I I do agree that it was like while they might not have done worse, what made it worse was that they'd done it after Jones and Edmondson had been caught doing it. So to go and do it for a second time, essentially, like, is just beyond belief. Like, why weren't you just training home, training home, game home? Like, you shouldn't have been putting in at, for this season at all, in jeopardy, um, because, like, who knows with the SPFL man, they could have. Deducted his twenty points. They're that stupid. Where would we be then? We'd be level with them. with Celtic. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like they should just they should have just accepted the ban. It was it was inevitable. It was going to happen. And I like I don't know if it will harm his development that much because. Tav will be vaccin, so he probably drops out anyway so it's I, do, I don't I don't really see how it harms his development that much because like I say he's probably he's probably going to maybe get one or two more games this season
2: Graham I know you are like right, and it's one of the things I love about you you are the most boy spec guy ever um, do you do you have any any kind of argument to this that we should be appealing this or, or are you on board, with? No, look, I think um,
3: they did the crime at the time they were 11-by-by so all that, all that kind of jargon I don't really see how we can complain about it I'll be honest it's a, it's a kick it's a kick in the teeth for somebody like Patterson I think it's even worse because the Euros is coming up, because he could add an elongated run. But let's face it, he's insane. Tav's going to come back. He's going to walk back into the team. Even if it wasn't for this ban, would we have seen Parson replace Tav for a few games then, the end of the season? I don't think so. But he is, he is such a phenomenal prospect. I think that it's actually, genuinely, I think, in a more controversial fashion probably going to aid his development this. It's got to teach him something in terms of just actually being a human being in terms of his own mental development.
2: So Rangers make one change at half-time uh, back to the football. That's what we're here to talk about. Yanis um, Hadji comes on for Steam Davis and I thought at this point we've got to be playing basically a four-two-four. But Ian Hadji looks as if he went into a bit of a deeper role, which we've never really seen him. We, it does tend to be a either off the right-hand side the front three or in a kind of free row in the number 10. I thought it was interesting, even, again, caveat, where everything we're talking about today is Cove Rangers. But I thought it was quite interesting to see that he was kind of in part of the midfield three, and I thought, thought he'd done OK. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it was kind of like he was... Um, like a number eight, rather <laughs> a well, number 10. Um, yeah, so not quite an attacking or attacking midfielder, more of a kind of mid mid line playmaker. <laughs> like, yeah, it was an interesting reposition because he did he did drop a wee bit deeper and pick the ball up quite a lot, and I felt he was really effective. Like, um, he's he's, he, I, he's a very intelligent player at just finding that wee bit of space, and it worked for him. It worked really well as well, I think. Um, so that could be an interesting, interesting uh, move going forward. Uh, if we have him, it's kind—it's of, not like a—it's almost like a four-two-three-one, but he's kind of not part of the three, not part of the two. It's—it's it's a funny kind of little formation if you I have him in. It Sorry, reminds me, it reminds me of the
2: last season. Of- uh, Under Walter Smith, how Stephen Davis played. See the first couple of years yeah. where Davis was always mid right when he was allowed to come into the center. It was kind of not quite your not quite your Kevin Thompson or, or or your Kyle Bartley, but just in front of them. Then uh, I was allowed to kind of pick up the ball and start dictating the, the play.
1: Yeah, so it was more like normally it's the one in the middle holding and the, the left and right going forward. Whereas this time it seemed to be the two. Sitting, well, not so much because it was Cove Rangers, but you'd imagine in the future if it was Kamara and Davis would sit almost and, and, and Haji goes, but he's not quite that 10 playing off the striker. He's kind of playing off the midfield rather than off the striker. Yeah. But yeah, it was an interesting new position to see him play and play and something to maybe look at in the future.
2: Graham, I mean, you mentioned about Haji being a very intelligent player. And I don't think um, in the kind of like the non-visual aspects of the game or the football players, he gets enough credit in terms of mentality. Like, aggression's got a fair bit of aggression. He takes boots, booting all day long and he'll get back up. But I think um, a bit of determination as well. What I really liked about him being back in the Romanian squad... The last uh, international break, he dropped down in the under twenty ones. He agreed with the uh, the Romanian manager that he would go down in the under twenty ones because he he had poor form for Romania, and there was a chance for him to go play under twenty ones, get some form again, and he and he done really well coming back into the Romanian first team. He got an assist in his first game back. So I think I think that Yanis Hadji is definitely got a bit about him in terms of he will absolutely apply himself. What he'd like stick him in goals and he'll tie his heart out and I don't think he would moan too much Yeah I think
3: uh, he's look he's certainly one of those kind of promising players I think there was maybe a few doubts at the start of the season why are we spending three and a half mil on him off the back of a loan loan campaign whatever you can see it I think it's going to be really good business I could see Haji but I'm not saying he's going to be but you could see Haji um, potentially going for mega bucks in a couple of moves' time. If he has Rangers now, he moves to whatever, a, a mid level club in one of the big five leagues, you could see him moving on for mega bucks the move after. He's that kind of really good technical player. With the, the football we're looking to play just now, he's perfect for that. He is. He is perfect for the football we're trying to play, depending on the game, as I mentioned earlier, the tactics we're deploying. He's a great player to have. And he is somebody that could probably play a bit deeper. I think it was interesting. It was almost like we were playing two up top at the end of the game against Cove with right and playing off hitting almost. Uh, that was that was interesting to see. I guess it is nice to see Gerard looking at different formations and maybe different plans going forward. Uh, it's, it's good to see different different plans in place from from my point of view. Hadji's definitely someone that I would love to see his keep hold of. I think people almost forget his age as well. Some people write him off, but in the same same scenario, people are writing off Barris at draft of the first season, or so let's give the guy time. I think he could be an absolute phenomenon, I'll be honest, I really do. And I think under our, our uh, coaching staff, he, he, he could very well be.
2: Yeah, so I thought that was a, uh, interesting just to see him playing in that slightly different position. The the rest of the second half, we've covered Scott Wright um earlier. I thought him and Parson were, were terrific, uh, but more Scott Wright was really trying to take the game to the second half, but nothing nothing really happened of note other than uh, Morelos being a cheeky wee bastard. How can you not love him? The um for no seen this, um Morelos um <laughs> was sitting about six seat- seats behind um Taven there, Ruth and Defoe. Defoe's talking tactics to uh, Ruth and Morel's is just scudding them way bits of paper. Actually, to um, <laughs> one of the, the Rangers' backroom staff, David Graham, I think he does uh, communications. He goes up and gives Morelis a table for being in telly. Fucking tremendous. Um, so, Rangers, four Cove Rangers now. In we have been drawn in the next round at home to Celtic. I think there's been a lot of chat about how how do you see the Rangers seeing out the rest of the season? Can they keep up momentum? But way Celtic being in two weeks' time, this is definitely a, a game they'll have to... I think this game came at the right time, if you get me, um, because we don't have that time to down tools. Now that we've only got Scotch Cup to play for, you can't turn it off and on. Momentum is something that has to be, has to be constant.
1: Yeah, I... I do, I do think, it, like you say, it does give us that that little um, joke to say, like, that we'll need to be at our best now, like, it's, we, we can't turn off. Like, <clears throat> we'll need to go and, and play well against Hibs um, first, and then we can make their season an absolute disaster uh, by <laughs> binning them in the fourth round of the Scottish Cup.
2: It'd be so sweet, wouldn't it? It'd be so sweet. It's, you know, I think um, everybody's dreams usually beat Celtic in the final for the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, but to have them with nearly a month worth of football playing for nothing, just to fucking ruin, ruin it for them, that'd be, that'd be beautiful. I, ju-
1: I genuinely couldn't care if we didn't. If we put them out, I couldn't care if we didn't want it. Just then, <laughs> you know, like, just put them out. <laughs> like, it would... Uh... I uh, just to to end their season and like as you say, we are a month to go with absolutely nothing to play for would just be brilliant and such an important season for them. They've just absolutely ugh, shit the bed.
2: Graham Ian mentioned there about before Celtic, we don't want it to go too far We're still got this sort of, uh, unbeaten unbeaten uh, run by are aiming for Ian mentioned we got Hibs in the weekend so I think yeah, the line-up for this game, the back five will pick itself, McGregor's going to be in um, Barisic hlander Golton, and I think Barron Barron, the SFA, genuinely being taken over by the Masons um, Patterson Patterson's appeal won't go through I don't think so I think it'll be Bavigan uh, right back Who would your midfield three be for Hibs on Saturday? Um, I think Hibs,
3: they're always a difficult team to play. Um, they're always trying to play a, a fair, decent amount of football. I think I always like to see Arfield in that middle three in a game like this against Hibs. Um And I think we've got to... I think we'll, we'll see Davis um, and potentially Kamara. But who knows? Generally, I don't know. I think this... Um, the whole invincible, the whole unbeaten thing. I don't know. I don't know how much I actually care about it at this point. Yeah, it would be good, but we're not going to eclipse. Uh, we're not going to eclipse the points tally. Celtic had under Rogers. They did the whole invincible thing and won all cups. I genuinely think we're at the stage where we shouldn't put too much emphasis on it. We've had an amazing season in the league. For me, I'd like to see a better rotation. I really would like to start seeing players getting game time in the league to get to know a league um, for the coming season. I think that's more important than this potential invincible run. Part of it, yeah, would be nice, but is it going to mean much? I would take the Scottish Cup all day long and fucking lose the remaining games. The Scottish Cup is massive. It's massive. Because if we win the league, we've won 55, but I mean, if we go another season without a cup, I, it's a difficult one. We, for me, we need to start bringing in some of our squad players, the guys that are there for the future. I know Simpson had an awkward know. Could be, it would be good to start seeing him playing some games coming into the end of the season. It would be really good. It would be good to see Parson play whatever games he can play down the end of the season, without that Scottish Cup or league it would be good to see McLaughlin get a couple of games and goal, we started the season really well and again it would be good to see somebody like it, I do think it's important with these league games we don't focus as much on the invincible side of it and we focus more on getting game time to the guys that we see a future of the club
2: Yeah, but at the same time I wouldn't want too much rotation because I do, what I said to Dan there about keeping momentum you can't you can rotate five six positions every week, and then expect a a, a group of players to keep momentum. So I think we do doing the aim, make sure we strike that balance because I do want to win the Scottish Cup, but we'll know when the Scottish Cup just by turning up. Like uh, any team that plays us, like this, is if we get past Celtic, any team that plays us, it's a cup final already. Add in the chance that they can go and win a cup, and then. Teams are really going to turn up to make it hard for Angels, and rightly so. So I just want to make sure that we keep that level of, of freshness and keep the keep the wheels turning at the same time. So, Ian, give me your prediction for your your front three who you, who you would start against absent. I think for me, Morelos and Kent will be will be in all times. But is it an argument that Scott Wright could potentially be in, or do you think somebody else will come in?
1: Yeah, I think after his performance the other night, you can definitely make an argument for right but I think it'll probably be Roof, um who plays there um, Roof also had a very good performance getting two goals um, so for me I think it'll probably end up being Ruth and as you say, Morelos and Kent will, will come back in so that would be my three
2: I think at this point um and this is what I noticed yesterday as well. Although there was like wholesale changes uh, for the game against Golf Rangers, we've got a good enough squad where i uh, I'm not really any realistic options, I'm not gonna be too upset with whether it's like a reboot or a roof or even Haji out in the right, or if it is Scott right. I think that's the that's the biggest testament to this squad that although I've got we said it time and time again, although I've got uh preferences who I'd want in each position, you're never really disappointed with who's Who's starting and who's dropped?
1: I, th- I think the only thing is Balogun being at right back is, is probably the one thing that I'm not bigger keen on. I think he's had a couple of poor performances there. Um, so when I see that, that's the one thing that kind of. That, that I think Hibbs could, like you say, if, if it turns out Parsons is going to be banned, I reckon that'll be Hibbs. Hibbs' plan might be to maybe get somebody like Martin Boyle. Out on the left to to get at Balligan Certainly, my plan. If I was if I was Jack Ross, I'd be I'd be targeting Balligan I think that's a uh, if, if he defuses it right back, it's definitely. I play.
2: And that's where you probably expect our field to be slowing in, in the midfield. Then I think because we've we missed that with, with Jack being injured, and um, so it's like has got to be quite a while, um, at least into the way this season. We are field going off for me wasn't playing much and we were exposed to right back. so I think that'll potentially how we try and counteract that
1: I think
3: kind of what I touched on earlier it's the the part where we've got so many different players that can play against so many different teams and formations you look at Hibs you've got that Gogage in the middle of the park so look we're going to need somebody like Garfield somebody with a bit of mail you look at our full backs potentially McGinn Doig he's a young player but we maybe want to go a bit more expansive on the wings, rather than these two attends. and that's potentially where we, we talked about earlier on, you might see a right in Kent, that is one of those games you could potentially see that, and at the same time, obviously neither side Morelos, but at the same time, you could very well see Morelos, Kent, and Roof, which is probably the most likely. Roof is so good with the ball of his feet, um, you're looking at him turning, turning somebody like McGinn inside out, let's face it, but again, it's just It's great to be able to discuss and talk about who's going to play where because we're so used to potentially over the last decade we know what we're going to play. But it's lovely having different players who can play in different positions against different teams, different formations and different types of players. And that's that's the best part of being a Rangers fan right now. It's fucking marvellous. Agreed,
2: agreed. So before we wrap up... um don't know if anybody's seen it, but we actually have a giveaway on the go. So one lucky, gallant few listener has a chance to win a free Champions Top that the club have released to celebrate 55. Generously donated by our sponsors, Triple H Mortgages. All you have to do is to enter the draw is contact Triple H Mortgages for a free life insurance review. So, I need to stress there's no obligation to take out the cover whether you have life insurance or not. Even if you phone Craig and just say, like, give me the <laughs> give the, give them me the monetary value, then hang up. As long as you quote the gallant few, you'll be entered into the draw. So, details how to contact Triple H Mortgages and enter the draw are on our Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Before we finish up, boys, i Are be doing a Twitter party of the week. Do you have it? I
3: think, uh, I think for me, I've got to always go back to no matter the fake story, when you follow the link and it takes you to the bad Celtic hygiene, can I just say it gets me every single time. I think today there was one from the fake Super Scoreboard account <laughs> that we all love about... Roy Hodgson leaving Crystal Palace and them ready to steal Eddie Howe at eleventh hour for Celtic. Click on the link and it's boom. Please don't come and sell the part of your B O or whatever. Bad hygiene. Gets me every time. You know before you click on that link what it is, you still click on it, you still laugh. Wonderful.
2: It really is. And I I'm the same I absolutely know what I'm gonna what I'm gonna see when I click on it, but I still chuckle. Maybe that's just maybe that says more about me than anything else, but I do enjoy it. Ian, do you have anything for us this week?
1: No, I don't have anything. All I would like to do is uh, say a big congratulations to our fellow podcaster, Craig McAdam, and his new wife, Ailey, who were married on Saturday past. Uh, So just a big congratulations to Craig and Ailey.
2: Yeah, I echo that as well, Ian. Um, hi, lovely, lovely news um, for the happy couple. For every bit of good news, there's a bit of bad news. I'm the fucking idiot that put up a lovely nice uh, Instagram post and tagged the wrong Ailey, so apologies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I've not seen too much this week in way of Twitter, but there's something... I found it funnier than I should have. Um, it was just after, um, after Sunday... Another clean sheet for John McLaughlin. Somebody tweeted, if John McLaughlin farts in bed, he changes the sheets. He loves clean sheets that much. That's (laughs) funny because it's true. All that's left to do for this week is thank my two guests. First of all, the returning Ian McCready. Thanks for having us. And a solid debut in the the weekly roundup, Graham Campbell. Always a pleasure. And thank you to everyone who's listening Take care.